This is The Shift Podcast. Today on The Shift Daily Podcast, are you okay with potato salad? Riley Mary has become a Canadian icon after trying to eat five pounds of potato salad outside a graveyard in front of the police. And he shares his story with us on The Shift. Having a bad password is one thing, but can you have a bad username? Hank the Hacker tells us how to make a safe username to keep the hackers away. He also helps us understand the story of a Calgary woman who was scammed out of hundreds of dollars after a stranger used a card reading device to steal her money. All on the Shift Daily Podcast. This is the Shift Podcast. Are you, are you are you okay? Okay. Okay. Are you okay with? Yeah, ready. We've got a uh, we've got a Ryan O'Donnell here. He's hanging out. He's in uh, Calgary on the south end, and um, and uh, I'm in Airdrie on uh, on the north end. John O'Chung is in downtown Vancouver as well. So um, we have a, a little story here that I have to ask you: Are you okay with? Potato salad. Yeah, I I love potato salad. I would say, you know, like in terms of side dishes, it's top tier. Coleslaw, yeah, sometimes it can be a really good coleslaw, but usually it's kind of meh. I'd rather just have a normal salad. But potato salad, ho, ho, ho. And that's the thing with potato salad. It's good homemade. It's good store-bought. It's just mm. simple and easy. Mayo, stuff, <laughs> potatoes. It just works. Mm. I love it. Uh, what is the secret ingredient for you? Because some people have, you know, they've got like a little extra egg in there. They got a little extra celery. My mom yep. likes to put a little pickle in there. Uh, I have two. I love to, I leave the skin in. So I leave mm. the potato skin itself to get a little bit of extra crunch. Not everybody mm. does that. Some people are just like really smooth and just chives. Nice, thinly sliced chives on top. All right. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. It's great. It's, 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 it's all right. It's not my go-to, but a good one is is pretty pretty awesome. Well, there's a story about potato salad, and I don't know how much you like to eat. You know, a scoop or two? Are you a big plateful? You know, mashed potatoes is different than potato salad. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know if I could eat five pounds of it. Why five pounds, Shane? Why do you bring up five pounds? Well, uh, Riley Mary uh, is the name of a guy from Nova Scotia. He has another name. It's Potato Salad Guy. And why is he potato salad guy? Because he got the idea to eat five pounds of potato salad in a cemetery. And I had a chance to have a conversation with him late last week. This is The Shift with Shane Hewitt. You ever have a crazy idea that you just were like, hey, I don't know what I'm going to do today. Well, this is a, a guy who had a crazy idea. Riley Mary joins us. Uh, he's on the East Coast, and we found it because of the uh, Canadian Heritage Moment meme that was posted of Riley being a champ. Now, when you think about I'm going to set a record to be a champ, uh, you know, this is, a, this is an interesting way to go about it, Riley. I don't know how much you love potato salad. Uh, my son loves potato salad. Uh, th- three and a half pounds of a five-pound bucket, I think, is what it was. And the photo is this. Let me describe it, and I'll share it for everybody at shiftheads.ca on our Facebook group. But there's a guy sitting on a, on a, a chair who's eating a giant bucket of something, which turns out to be potato salad, lit only by the headlights of police cars, in the rain, on the grass, 
in what is labeled as being a cemetery. Are you okay? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm good. This is definitely, uh, this is just, if, you, if you've known me for a long time, this is definitely something out of my playbook, but uh, it's just kind of a joke. Started off as a snowball, turned into an avalanche, and uh, we're here today. Uh, it's nothing I ever really expected, but again, I can see looking on the outside where you would either find this hilarious or, yeah, you'd ask, am I okay? And uh, the question is partially. Mm -hmm. So you you yeah. put up signs saying that you were going to try to eat five pounds of potato salad over the weekend, and people showed up. Like, a lot of people showed up to watch, which is great community support. Also concerning about the social calendar of the community. Um, but, yeah, it's right? <laughs> um, but why potato salad and why five pounds? Uh, so the short of the brunt of it is, is, uh, I went to Costco, you go in, spend, probably going to spend a hundred bucks, leave spending 300. One of those things that I ended up dropping money on was a bucket of potato salad, uh, specifically five pounds. Mm -hmm. Uh, so either way expired rather quickly. And when I started checking my fridge to get rid of some stuff, I noticed there's no way I'm going to eat this in a reasonable fashion. I don't even like potato salad. As you were saying, your son likes it a hell of a lot more than me. Yeah. I hate that Well, you even stuff. had hot sauce, uh, I believe, to put on it just to kind of stomach it, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I think that's the only way I could have stomached it. So I'm not going to lie. The last time I had some, probably two or three months at least since I've had potato salad, uh, it was something that I used to eat, uh, but then kind of cut it out of my diet and then thought i'd get back into it but no it, it ended up being a five pound challenge and uh again as you said i didn't do it i i failed at three and a half basically ah failed is a strong word i would say succeeded that's quite impressive people have taken this i mean there's the memes that have come out there's the one lady posted like an oil canvas painting of you eating potato salad it's taken on a life of its own um i, I suppose the the question to ask is why dude like <laughs> Was there a reason that was there or was it just like, I'm going to do this because? Yeah, I just, I'm just going to do it because this, like the world sucks right now. Everything's too expensive. The, obviously there's the wars uh, internationally. There's just a lot of shitty stuff going on. So in, in my eyes, the best way I can put it is I thought it was funny. Mm -hmm. uh, and then if I thought it was funny, hopefully some other people would think it's funny. Again, if other people thought it was stupid, that all it's all in good humor but uh i did it and halifax is halifax man there's a lot of weird people here and we just <laughs> good we people. just came together on this one yeah. so i they're good people but we're we're some weird people yeah. and uh that's fair i mean there's a lot of places that might not get behind this but we really did i mean uh, i gotta appreciate everybody that did it and uh, I, I love it it's a uh, I never expected it. Was there a reason? Was it just sort of to be catchy to say you were going to do it at the cemetery? Or is uh, that a normal place uh, the where... The cemetery was... Yeah, it's a joke. Uh, the only issue is is there is a dead prime minister there. Uh, obviously, suspicious death. Everybody says that. Um, but my real reason was, at the end of the day, is it was it was nearby. I live less than a block away. <laughs> uh, and at the end of the day, it's... It, it's the perfect punchline. There's no better place to eat a, a bunch of potato salad. But uh, the reason the cop cars were involved is obviously I didn't end up getting to go inside. They they locked it on us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you have to picture this. They're like, I don't know if the punchline is the cemetery or the punchline is that you're just sitting in the rain. Um, that could go either way. It's a little bit of both. Honestly, I think the whole thing is just ridiculous. Is. Between, um, I didn't know there was a rainstorm in Halifax. You can't tell the weather 
four days really before what's going to actually happen. Mm -hmm. So when I did this a week out, I just saw that it was going to be plus 14. So I was like, Hey, people will show up in anything. It's plus 10. Uh, so I did it and people still came, even though it was in the middle of an absolute rainstorm. So uh, how long until you eat potato salad again, if ever, do you think? Oh, well, I'm going to, I have to clean that five pounds. I'm not letting, I'm not losing. Oh. There's no way <laughs> potato salad is not going to be the end of me. So, wow. uh, I mean, it's not going to be until obviously a warmer date. Uh, hopefully we're not going to be drenched in rain, mm. uh, but I'm not kidding you. Companies have offered to sponsor the event for me. People are like, people are coming out from all woodworks for this kind of stuff. It's, it's actually impressive. I love it. Uh, tell me about the dull men's club. Uh, was that your group or did um, you, um, was that just a, a group? That's yeah, out there? Jesus. Okay. So that's a Facebook group. Um, I, the, the, the joke of it is, is I just turned 25. I'm, I mean, I'm young, but I'm old. Uh, but, uh, I, I turned 25 and basically the day I turned 25, I got suggested to join the dull men's club. Uh, it's basically a group of the most boring men on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I characterize myself in that category. Uh, so obviously I had to share it with my other dull men, uh, just cause they're getting a kick out of it. And that accidentally became where it blew up. Somebody screenshotted it and it just went from there. Wow. Um, and it, it's massive. I've been getting messages from like women have picked this up and I've been getting DMS and messages from ladies all over the place. Wow. E-transfers wow. asking them to be my potato salad lady it's it's gotten insane and that dull men's club was the root of it all uh people offering you that their their potato salad is better than the one from costco you got to try mine is that all come up oh it's came up but uh i'm i'm not touching nobody's potato salad i'm i'm just done with it unless unless i'm gonna finish the five pounds here in yep. about we'll say six months i'm not touching any potato salad i'm moving on fair enough moving on so what do you move on to what's next are you going to try to do more food challenges or or keep doing uh, social media playfulness or yeah, are you I just going to call it lightning in a bottle and move on uh, see i had no plans on any of this uh i kind of thought it was going to be my 15 minutes of fame and it was gonna and it was gonna die out but um i'd I don't know if it's going to be 15 minutes or if it's going to turn into 30 minutes or, or what's going to happen out of this but i have no I had no expectations. Again, a week ago, I I was just a regular guy waking up, doing the same thing every day, and then I decided let's do something different. So uh, maybe I'll start doing something with this, and we'll we'll see. I have no plans. <laughs> well, maybe Riley Mary's potato salad comes in a three-and-a-half-pound bucket, not a five-pound bucket, but maybe there's a marketing opportunity of some product for you. You never know. Yeah, we'll call Stone Mill out, see what they're doing, right. uh, go visit the factory, and uh, maybe they can get me a bucket with my face on it. There we go. Nice. I love this. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Riley. Congratulations on the, the play, fun and playful success. I think that the neat part about it for me is just the fact that it was just silly and fun just to be silly and fun. I think that's really cool. I think we could use a little bit more of that in our lives. Like you said, there's lots going on in the world. And to have a little bit of fun, I think, is a, is a great idea. I, I know you weren't really going for, like, to set a big example, but I think you did. I think you, you really did. I hope if, if other people want to join in and do some fun stuff like this, uh, again, anywhere, it doesn't have to be in Halifax. If you're somewhere else and, and you you find something fun to do and you think other people might enjoy it, look where it's gotten to this point for me. So so go for it. You don't, you don't know how many people are going to support you, uh, especially if you're just bringing good fun in it. So so try it out. If you're thinking of doing it, just do it. Just do it. All right, Riley, Mary, thank you so much, brother. Keep in touch. Let us know what you get up to. And if anything else comes of this, we want to hear it here first, okay? 
Perfect. I will. I got plans cooking, uh, but we'll see in the new year, it sounds like. Perfect. Potato salad guy. Five pounds of potato salad. He only got to three and a half. Now, here's a question. I didn't ask this because I didn't know if I really wanted to know the answer. He said he got to three and a half, and he's determined to get all five. Do you think he means that he saved the pound and a half? And he's going to eat that later? Or he's just going to try it all five pounds later? Because I kind of wanted to tell him, like, you know this stuff expires, right? Like, it goes Very really much. bad. When it goes bad, it goes really bad. Very bad. And yeah, so, like, I was, he was like, oh, maybe within six months we'll try it for all five. And I'm like, well, does that mean you're trying to save your... Anyway, um, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I'm more of a two-scoop kind of guy. <laughs> That's about it. Of the potato salad. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm trying not to sneeze really bad. Maybe it's because I'm okay? thinking about how much Tabasco and and the flavor of eating that much potato salad. But you it's put making Tabasco me on your potato salad. Yeah, oh. I do yeah. love potato salad. On a side, never. I wouldn't even eat a pound, hmm. half a pound of it. I couldn't. No, two scoops. Two scoops. Are you okay with? Sports contracts. Well, I suppose there, it depends. It's a lot of money, man. What's the... I forget the name. It just came to me. That New York Islanders goaltender who was drafted, I think, first overall. He got a 13-year contract worth just so much money. And then he turned out to be a massive bust. And I'm pretty sure the Islanders are still paying him to this day. Hmm. No, I don't know that. Um, Rick DiPietro? No. Yeah, Di Pietro, that's his name. Yeah. That's see that contract? Not okay with that. Um his contract was a fifteen year sixty five sixty seven point five million dollar contract. Um, which is a good deal at four million bucks a year, really, for a goalie. But that was, I mean, ten years ago. So it didn't really work out though. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's fun with they're a star. There are bad contracts that come to stars. And then they're like, you look at these soccer contracts, some of these basketball contracts and you know, some of these people, their contracts, the David Beckham LA galaxy contract was 250 million or something for a couple of years. That's a lot of money for soccer. I mean, I realize the the it balances with the profitability of the teams, right? But still, um, it's a lot of money, but I guess that like David Beckham, he did have a pretty good track record of success. Let's put it that way. So anyway, a former NHL draft picks in some big trouble after allegedly using his resume to sucker some people out of a lot of money. Mountie said they began an investigation January, 2021 after a victim came forward to police alleging they lost several million dollars in real estate investment opportunities. Surrey's Prab Rye wrote a successful WHL career to become a fifth-round draft pick of the Vancouver Canucks in 2008. However, he would never suit up in a regular season game, and now with his playing days long behind him, he's found himself in legal hot water. In a media release Wednesday, Surrey RCMP said Rye was arrested Tuesday and charged with fraud over $5,000. He's since been released on conditions while waiting his next court appearance. Mountie said they began the investigation in January 2021 after a victim came forward to police alleging they had lost several million dollars in real estate investment opportunities. 
As part of a long-term investigation, police determined that between October 9, 2015 and July 20, 2018, the 34-year-old man allegedly committed large-scale financial frauds. A civil suit filed in 2020 claims Rye defrauded a Vancouver man of more than $2.9 million through a series of bogus business ventures. The suit alleges Rye presented himself as a successful and wealthy business person with connections to international business people and retired hockey players. Oof. Okay. Um, now, none of those allegations have yet been proven in court, by the way, just to be clear. And RCMP's Financial Crimes Unit did not make a connection between the two cases. The Canucks drafted Rye in the fifth round of 2008. While he was playing as a forward with the WHL Seattle Thunderbirds, Rye never did end up playing with the Vancouver Canucks. He ended his career in 2015 playing in the East Coast Hockey League in Evansville. That's not the kind of sports contract anybody's looking for, just to be clear. Uh, That one hits home, though. This is the Shift Podcast. System breach. What just happened? Someone hacked me. Hank Fordham, White Hat Hacker, is here. Hank the Hacker is the kind of guy that works on securities and teaches people how to take care of their stuff so people don't break in. Hank, welcome back to The Shift, buddy. Thank you so much for having me. Last week, we had a big conversation on passwords. We received all kinds of comments and feedback on email, text, and at shiftheads.ca on the Facebook group regarding passwords. The list from last week was included things like password1234 as uh, a super high-tech password to keep people out. And it seems like people are using old passwords like that still to this day. If you want to catch the podcast, just go to last Sunday's podcast. You'll find it there. Usernames came up this time, Hank, because we often choose our username. And I guess the default is, is that it's, let's see if Hank Fordham is available. Let's see if Shane Hewitt is available. We don't ever think that we could have a username that is complicated to hide some of our identity, do we? Yeah, and and you'd be surprised how often people tend to reuse. Like, we hear all the time, don't reuse passwords across platforms. And I I constantly find myself telling people or or teaching some of my students when, when we're doing cybersecurity that... You also need to change that alias across platforms. Uh, it, it makes it a lot easier for someone to track your, basically your exposure across different platforms like Facebook and Instagram and whatnot. If you're using those platforms and you're using the exact same username for each platform. Now, common sense says it's good. Uh, it's good administration and. Uh, clerical cleanliness, Hank, to know your login to everything. Uh, we'd never in once in my life of all of the hacking things we've talked about ever in all of the channels, even before I met you, has anybody said, be cautious of the usernames you choose. Yeah. And I, well, I think it's just because we're starting to 
get into a time where we have to be more cautious about those things. It's getting easier and easier to track people online. And, uh, and of course, our information is just becoming more and more valuable to, mm -hmm. to different sources online. And, you know, I, I'm looking here at one of the most used usernames uh, right now, and it looks like it, it's David. And so it's, it speaks pretty well. A lot of these usernames that I'm looking at here, they're from the same uh, source we were looking at last week from Nord. And it's like David, Alex, Maria, Anna. Um, these are the top usernames. And people tend to usually put some kind of personally identifiable information into their username. And I'll, I'll give my username out. Um, I actually, one of the usernames I started using for a while to try and like change things up online and use a different alias was Toxic Panda. Mm -hmm. And it made absolutely no sense to anyone who, who I gave the username to. But that's the beauty in making an obfuse alias online so that it isn't something that one, a hacker can feed into a password generation tool but it's also not something that makes it easy for someone to attach an identity to a real person. Un unless, of course, that's something that you want when you're, you're online. Well, if you have a very common name, like Ryan O'Donnell of the Irish folks, right? I mean, you probably need to be aware. Like, if you're John Smith, there's a race to be the first John Smith that uses that platform or that service. You want to make sure that you probably don't have that. I mean, that would be the easiest scam in the world. Okay, here's a here's a theft idea. Just choose a very common name, right? Um, and just use that name on every platform as a login and, and try to hack the password. Boom, you made a million bucks. You know what? I, I think we're going to see a lot more of... Um... It, we, well, we we see domain squatting where people yeah. will buy potentially valuable domains, and I think it's well, it's even happened in the past with platforms like Twitter, where people have purchased potentially valuable profiles and actually sold them to entities. Mm -hmm. So you're exactly right; it it's it's not uncommon to kind of race into a platform and and grab that username yeah. um, just to re reserve it. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I mean, anybody who's worked online has found a cool name and grabbed it just to observe it, right? So we squat on all kinds of things to try to do it. It's yeah, kind of the real estate. Said toxic panda, hey? Yeah, you probably should have done that. Uh, is that toxic <laughs> panda? Yeah, go to the website right now. Um, the uh, okay, but here's the catch, though. Some some security uh, systems force you to use your email address as your username, and that becomes an option for if anybody has access to your info, now they know your username. See, the catch is, is that if they, if someone gets your information online and they get my email address, well, then they can go, they don't have the username, so now they've got to do a recover the username, but they've got to have access to my email to get the username and then the password and blah, blah, blah. But if you just allow people to use the email addresses, the username, you save everybody a whole step. And there's a lot of organizations out there that allow you to use your username as your, excuse me, your email address as your username. What do you have to say to those companies? Boy, am I in trouble in that regard because my emails are all terribly identifiable. Yeah. Uh, they're all like Hank Fordham and Hank right. Weekly and stuff like that. Um, but 
I, well, I was even doing a deep web scan for my friend the other day, and I thought it was hilarious because they they had three passwords leaked, and all of the pass. I hope they're okay with me saying this, but all the passwords were the same, and it was uh, all passwords for a cat a cat's Facebook account. So I was like, you know, you're doing good when the only thing exposed about you online is is your your cat's password, but. Mm. <laughs> um, I, you know, in, in regards to your question, I think that it's important that companies, when they're taking this information in, and especially when they're storing emails and passwords, and I, I guess obviously this is becoming more relevant and obvious now, but it, it's important that they encrypt that information because if a hacker is able to get a hold of that email list, um, I was also talking to my friend the other day about how if if usually this is relevant with anyone if someone like if a hacker gets into your email account that's usually end all be all they can usually go from there and they can recover different accounts they can recover your your social media um in some cases they can even do recoveries to your bank account uh and and phone information so it's just critical that you you reserve or, or you reduce the exposure of, of your email account and you you also again if I had a nickel every time I said this on here but enable two-factor authentication and have a strong password for that email just in case it does get in the wrong hands mm -hmm. well that's some good advice nobody's ever talked about that as far as I'm concerned so I think that that's uh that's a first here on the shift Hank the hacker is here sometimes we we say here on the radio, yeah, it's easy to steal people online. It's easy to steal from people on the phone. You don't see them face to face, but there was an interesting story um, that came up uh, on Global News that was brought to your attention about somebody who face to face got themselves in a pickle with some uh, card cloning or some theft or something that had happened. What's the story there? Boy, is this one interesting. I, uh, I was actually doing a presentation at... Um... It's called B-Sides Calgary, and it's a hacking conference. And it, believe it or not, my my dad's friend uh, snuck into this conference, and he was actually sitting and, and watching in, in the audience. But I, I did a demo that was eerily relevant to, to this, this story we're, we're about to play. Yeah, so let's hit the story. This is from the Global News clip about what happened. She's got her guard up after being tricked by a stranger who is preying on her empathy. From the beginning, it felt off-putting and a bit strange, and I really wished I had listened to that initial feeling in my stomach. Despite her intuition, Nikki Koch wanted to help a woman who had a convincing sob story. She said her partner drained her bank accounts and she was desperate for money to get home. I thought it was odd that she asked for cash to take an Uber. Without cash on her, the scammer got her to withdraw money from a nearby ATM and to express her gratitude, she got close. She proceeded to like overly thank me and give me a lot of hugs and it made me really uncomfortable. I don't know her. When I woke up the next day, I noticed that there was about $300 in withdrawals. Koch believes the woman had some kind of a scanner in her backpack and needed to get close enough to read her bank card. You know when you just have a feeling that... It felt personal, and Koch socially shared her story, getting a ton of traction, including people who had fallen victim to the same woman. So let's just recap that so we're clear for everybody. Um, that global news story was about a, a young lady who came up to this person and said, hey, 
uh, can I get 20 bucks? Can you just withdraw 20 bucks for me? So there's the test. The test is, do you have a debit card? And then you see them take out the debit card and you see where they put the debit card. Now the 20 bucks is a kind gesture, which is weird to grab an Uber because you can't use cash with an Uber as far as I know. And that should be your first flag that it's a, a, a bad deal. So the hugs part is the scammer now knows where you've put your card. You've put it in your pocket. You've put it in your purse, put it in your pocket. It's in your hand, whatever. Then if they have a card reader, they can get that close to your pocket or to your purse or wherever you put it by giving you hugs and doing those things, also making you feel a little bit creeped out. So Hank the Hacker, what did we just hear about happening happening here? You're right on the dot, Shane. And the the equipment for this or, or the the gadgets if you will are, are actually pretty cheap they're they're only a couple of hundred bucks i'm i'm not going to name any obviously because i don't want to make you know we don't want to make this problem worse but um in in this presentation that i did at bow valley college i actually showed a live demo of how a a a cyber criminal can carry out one of these attacks and basically what happened here is you're exactly right the the person went up and they abused uh circumstances or, or subjective circumstances where they basically needed um you know in this case it, it was a quote-unquote emergency and they needed help uh this person was nice enough to to help them and you know what happened is is when they pulled that money out, the the cyber criminal or the I, I should just say criminal in this case, is is basically shoulder surfing. So they're watching to see uh, a pin number be entered in, and and when they see that, um, and you give it to them after they put the card in their pocket, and like you said, they're actually watching to see where you put this card away, and the reason she got really huggy and and the way you hear it described in this story is that it made her really uncomfortable is because they need to feel around and get close enough to this card so that they can copy it with the gadget in order to go back to an ATM that's NFC enabled and withdraw money. And so this is kind of something you've seen before where they would steal the card or something and, uh, or, thieves would steal a purse and then go after shoulder surfing and pull money out but it's actually becoming more sophisticated now where they can literally copy your card on the run and take off and and take out money and the the demonstration that i did at bow valley was literally um holding on to a phone for a few seconds and and hacking it just while it sat inside of of the hand so it, it speaks to the importance in keeping your devices close and not only that, but having good security settings like disable NFC, um, you know, disable Bluetooth, put your card in one of those RFID blocking things uh, and, and, and take those steps to make sure that you don't fall easy victim to one of these, these scams. Yeah. And those RFID blockers, I mean, those, they're good. So that's one step, you know, you can get a wallet, they're expensive, but you can get a wallet that has that sort of built into, which is, which is nice. So you're not like carrying around like a, those metal briefcases from mm -hmm. Miami Vice from back in the day. 
Um, but this is this is this more access to technology getting easier or you're not a criminologist, but it seems to me to be pretty darn bold with all the cameras around um, to me, probably not somebody who's a hacker or an expert IT person, somebody who had access to it probably someone that has no problem with face-to-face criminality in general. It, to me, I mean, you don't you don't jump from I'm typing on a computer in someone's basement stealing money off their Spotify account to hugging them and stealing money off their debit card. That's a completely different crime. Yeah, you're exactly right. And and one of my best examples is is just the ease of access to some of these these hacking tools lately. And if if you look at the um well, i'm not going to name it again but we did a we did a little interview about one of these tools that is being sold right now that actually enables people to steal cars by by relaying the signal from the car to the the key fob mm-hmm. and when when these tools were harder to get car thefts were obviously much lower and but if you look at statistics between 2019 and and right now, when these devices kind of started to become more available to a Western audience, uh, or or even any audience, if you will, um, the the crime rate in in terms of car thefts has has spiked significantly, and yeah. and especially in regards to cars that have that technology implemented, so. When you look at, and I'm speaking to a hacker scene right now, but when you look at research from Sammy Kamkar, who's another really, really big hacker, um, really well known, he he released a project in, I think it was 2013 or something, it might have been earlier, but it, it was called Open Sesame. And it, it basically abused a Texas Instruments um, module into being able to open any garage door in a few seconds and and at that time even though sammy had released his code and made it open source it was very difficult to make that code work because he bricked it but if you you go to nowadays it's very easy for people to buy um and i can name this one because it's it's got so much attention lately but it's it's easy for people to go out and buy a flipper zero and if that has Sammy Camcar's Open Sesame coded into it, and it's mm-hmm. not even the the feature isn't even bricked, so it it takes a a hacking technique where a few years ago it would have taken someone with a lot of know how and and technological know how like programming uh, an electrical gadget and how to use it, how does radio frequency work, but now it's very easy you can purchase this device for a couple hundred bucks and um now it's in your hands just as easy as playing a game boy it's literally a few clicks of a button well scary endeavor that's for sure and we'll see where it goes as you start to see the ads on tv for the share your key to the car to use your apple wallet or whatever to start the car i can literally text you a key to my car so you can open it and it expires and all the things. So, I mean, boy, oh boy, I, I appreciate, you know, all the all the high-tech things. I was a little jealous because my car does not have auto start. My buddy Fred's does this weekend. But um, <laughs> I got to tell you, um, that endeavor is a, a scary notion. One quick text here that comes from London, Hank. We've only got about a minute. 
um, of online security. What if you don't set up an email in your own name or a link to any device in your real name, only have email not linked to your real identity in any way? Uh, it's a very good point. Although if you do ever get locked out of anything, you usually have to prove legally who you are. And so, for example, if your will was in your email and they wanted to prove that your sister is the is the verified um, trustee for your 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 will and you need access to it, you're going to need to be able to prove that you are the person that's your trustee, your executor, and and do that. So there is benefit to being yourself legitimately online too. Yeah. My honest advice is keep an email that is your real, you know, identity. And then Proton Mail is actually a really good provider if you want an anonymous email. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.